Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church and make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. We'll talk about tonight and what God will do tonight will set things in motion so that you'll be able to see your miracle. Mark chapter 6, I want you guys to read with me. I'm going to start on verse 34. Amen. And Jesus, everybody say, and Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them, teach them many things. Verse 35 says, when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and village and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? We're in verse 38. But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, what, what do you have? What you got? What you got? And it says here, when they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks and in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate. And we're filled. If you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down, the making of a miracle. Because I believe that God wants to do some miracles in this place. And I want to give you a little disclaimer. Is that okay? I want you to know before we even get into the word of God, before we even continue on with this message, before we continue to worship God, before you even sit down, I need you to know that the same Jesus that walked on water is the same God that is walking with us today. The same Jesus that lifted up Lazarus from the dead is resurrecting people in this place, is resurrecting dreams in this place, is resurrecting so many, resurrecting broken marriages, resurrecting families. JTP is not just the title of a church. It is a reminder that our God can still work miracles, that our God is still almighty, that my God can do all things. And the same God that was with me back then is the same God that is with me today because problems might change, but our God never changes. Come on, can you give God praise today? Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you help me pray tonight, Lord? Thank you for this night. Thank you because we believe, Lord, that we have been set free by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the power of your blood. And we ask you, God, in this place, that the same God, that the same God that multiplied the five pieces of bread and the two fish, the same God of growth back then that multiplied in that situation of lack. I pray that through your Holy Spirit that you might provoke a spirit of multiplication, of growth, that we might see miracles tonight like never before for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, if you say it, why don't you say amen if you believe that. Come on, if you know that God is good in your life. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can take your seat. The making of a miracle. I believe that God wants to do a miracle in a lot of people today. That has been my prayer all week. 
uh, well, actually not all week, um, a few days ago, when I, as soon as I found out that I was going to be speaking today, I want to honor uh, Pastor Jonathan and Carla. Can we give them a round of applause in their absence? <laughs> Amazing people of God that are even better off the altar. So we honor them, and I'm grateful to be under their leadership. But I do believe that uh, God wants to do a new thing in our lives. And I do believe that there are a lot of things in our lives that maybe have been stagnant. I, I don't know what you came in here with. But I want to talk a little bit about this story. We know this story if you've been in church since like Sunday school. For example, in my case, we've taught this story to our kids for the longest. And we know this story. Jesus comes in. The people are hungry. The Bible says that there are 5,000. But in context, in reality, uh, if you count their wives and if you count their kids, we're looking at about 20,000 people. Well over more than 20,000 people. And we know this story very well. And what I've seen a lot of people do, and I've seen a lot of us do sometimes, is that we focus on the miracle, but we miss the steps that it took for Jesus to get to that miracle. Amen? And as we read this story, I want to give you guys four things, four ingredients, all right, in order for God to cook up a miracle in your life, all right? How many of you guys love to go out to eat? Can I just see your hands out there? If you love to go out to eat, you, you, you go out. You sit down, you have, you know, you're out, you're out probably on a date, you're, you're dressed nice, you're sitting down, and, and all of a sudden your plate of food comes in, and you go and you enjoy the plate of food, and you enjoy the food, right? But we don't see the effort that was made, yeah, to be able to make that food for you to enjoy it. And I believe that God, right, because this is my thing, I believe that faith is a two-way street, all right? I believe this is true faith. True faith is I believe that God is going to do his part, but while I'm waiting on God, I'm going to do my part. While I'm waiting, I'm going to be working. Amen? While I'm waiting, I'm going to be doing my part. Can anybody say amen to that? And I believe that a lot of us sometimes we ask God to do a work in us, but we don't give nothing to work to, to uh, we don't give God nothing to work with, right? So many times we ask God, God, I need you to do a new thing in my life. And God is telling you, okay, give me something so that I can work with. Give me something so that I can do a new thing in your life, all right? And I believe today we're going to go over four things, and it's going to be super easy to remember. They all start with P. Four things, all right, that we need in order to, break, uh, to have that breakthrough in our lives, amen, in order for us to get to that place uh, where we can see growth, where we can see the multiplication, because a lot of us, we focus on the fact that Jesus multiplied the bread and the fish, and he did. Praise God for that. But there were a few things that I caught while I was reading this. We're going to catch, we're going to talk about these things that happened before. And you're going to notice all of these things happened before the miracle. And I believe that God is going to do a new thing in your life, and he's going to use you. Amen? Look at your neighbor. He's going to use you. Tell him, he's going to use you. And I pray that today as we go over these ingredients, amen, that we will be able to see a miracle in our lives, all right? The making of a miracle. I, I want you to write this down. And I'm going to read this one more time. Verse 36, it says, Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and village and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat, okay? I'm going to give you the first ingredient for a miracle, and it's fitting that this is the first one because every single miracle starts with a problem. Everybody say problem. Maybe today you find yourself and you came into church with this burden on your back and you feel like, man, God, I have a problem. I have a situation. In this story, their problem was that they had nothing to eat. 
maybe in your case, maybe your problem is a marriage that doesn't work, a relationship that isn't working out. Maybe your problem is that you're trying to get into a relationship that you haven't found yet. Maybe your problem is that you're trying to make ends meet financially and you feel like all your bills are, are, are just mounting up on top of you and it feels like there's no way out. But I, I, wanna, I came to JTP Church today to tell you that every single miracle starts and needs a problem. Every single story in the Bible, every single miracle, every good thing that God has done in the Bible, guess what? It started with a problem. It started with a, it, with a very bad situation, okay? Every single thing, you can go to every single, uh, you can go to every single uh, book, verse, uh, every story in the Bible, everything. It always starts with a problem, always. If you only knew so many times we come to church to try to get rid of our problems, and if we only knew that God is trying to glorify himself through that very problem that you've been trying to avoid. And if you avoided the problem, you're going to avoid the miracle because God needs the problem to set in motion the miracle. This miracle started with lack. I don't know if there's anybody in here if you've ever experienced a lack in your life. You know what I love about Jesus is that Jesus waits wait until things get really bad. He doesn't wait until there was a crowd of five. He doesn't wait until there was a crowd of just 5,000. He waits until there's more than 20,000 people. You know why? So that God can take the glory. He wants your situation to get so bad, so dire, so ridiculously out of your hands that the only way that you can do this is through the power through the supernatural power of God. Every problem, every miracle needs a problem. Everything, everything. The greatest miracle that we've ever experienced in our lives, Jesus, because we look at Jesus, we, we celebrate Easter and we celebrate all these things and we say Good Friday. Good Friday wasn't always good. At that time, it wasn't good. Their Savior, the, 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 the person that these disciples had been following for three years, all of a sudden, gets crucified. It wasn't good. It was bad. But that problem, that problem, that setback for them, I can imagine these disciples, they were probably thinking, Jesus, I have left mother, father, I've left so many businesses probably behind to follow you, and now you're, you're, you're dying, you're dead. And it seemed like a setback. It seemed like all the things that I had been doing for the past three years was a waste of time. And they didn't know at the time, but their setback was the setup for the miracle that God was going to do. Could it be today that the reason that you're going through lack right now in your life, that the process that you're going through, that the problem, the burden that you find yourself in, could it be that it is not a setback but rather a setup so that you can see God's mighty hand move through your life, so that you can see God move in a way that you've never seen before? It wasn't five, y'all. It was 5,000. It was a lot of people. And he waited purposely. That's what I think. I think that God waited purposely until the crowd grew, until it, it got to a point where it seemed impossible so that he can glorify himself. He needed a problem. God needs your problem. Stop trying to avoid it. He needs your problem, okay? Peter didn't walk on a river, on the Jordan River, when it was nice and calm. He walked in the middle of the sea, not during the day, 
not when everything was calm. He walked at nighttime in the middle of a storm. Can I tell you that moments in your life that, see, that seem like a failure could be the most fulfilling seasons of your life if you learn to see your problems. If you learn to see, write this down. Every obstacle is simply an opportunity in disguise. Every obstacle, every single problem is just a setup so that God can do something in your life. So if today, can I tell you, if you walked into JTP Church, if maybe, I know that there's people that are probably, that are going to listen to this through our podcast. We're reaching people in different countries. Praise God for that. But if there's someone that's listening to this today and you came in with a problem, with a really bad situation, with this lack, with, with, without a job, with a, a broken marriage, a, a situation that it totally feels like it's out of your hands. Can I tell you, your problem makes you a candidate to see God's power in your life. If you would just simply believe that God can use all things, work together for the good of those who love the Lord. Amen. How many of you guys believe that? God needs your problem. Stop trying to avoid it. God needs it. That's number one. All right. And number two, I think the reason why a lot of us, we miss our problems as opportunities is because of a lack of perspective. You can write that down. Number two, the reason why so many times we miss out on our miracles and the reason why so many times instead of confronting our problems and, and seeing our problems as opportunities where God can move is because we lack the perspective and we lack the, the, the vision to see God's hand even in our worst circumstances in our lives. I want you to write this down. Perspective. In order for you to see a miracle in your life, you need some perspective. You need some perspective, you know? And um, here in verse uh, 38, write this down. Look at what the disciples said. The disciples said, said in verse 38, but he said to them, how many loaves do you have? I'm sorry, Jesus said that. But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see, but before that, look at what the disciple says. The, the, the disciple said, verse 36, send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. The disciple said, You know what? We have a problem. Why don't you get them to solve it? Because when you lack perspective, you're gonna try to avoid a problem that God meant for you to be the solution to it. And they said, you know what, I'm not going to solve that problem. Why don't you go ahead and send the people so that they can buy themselves their own bread, buy themselves their own things, and they can handle the situation your own. But can I tell you, when you are someone that walks with the fear of God, when you are someone that knows that I am a child of God and I might have a problem, but like Pastor Senyonga was saying this morning, I am also a solution, okay? When I know what I have inside, when I know who I am in Christ, when I know that I am a son of of God, okay? I'm not going to avoid my problems. I'm not going to, you know what? Someone else can solve that problem in church. No, I'm going to solve that problem in church. God put something in me so that I can be the solution to that in the name of Jesus. So I'm not going to send someone else to do something that God meant for me. Jesus told him, go and see what you have. And I feel like God is telling some people in this place, go and see what I already gave you because if you don't have it, you don't need it. If you don't have it, you don't need it. It's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. Jesus said, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. Go and see. And Jesus told them, you give them something to eat. I, w whatever it is that you're asking for, you already have. Jesus wanted to change the way that they saw the situation. Because a lot of us, when we go through a, a problem or a situation, the first thing that we, we do is that we point the finger, we say, Send them to go out there. What would happen if today 
for every problem that there is, instead of pointing the finger, point a thumb. Amen? Point a thumb. Jesus says, you go give them something to eat. He says, go and see what you have. Go and see the grace that I've given you. Go and see the gift that I've given you. It doesn't seem like much, but in my hands, I can do a lot with it. Come on. In my hands, I can multiply it in the name of Jesus. You know, let me tell you something. A lot of the problems with perspective has a lot to do with position. Amen. And what if today you are not able to see the problem in your life as an opportunity for God to see a miracle, uh, to do a miracle in your life, because maybe you're just not in the right position. You can't see it yet. I encourage you today, I encourage you today to position yourself from a place where you can see God's hand, where you can remember all that God has done in your life, where you can see the same God that was with me back then that got me through that issue, that got me through that trouble, is the same God that is going to be with me today. And if you can see and view all your problems and all your issues in your life and all the circumstances that you come with, you won't ever be enslaved by them. You will never be enslaved by them. Amen? Jesus is telling us today, go and see what I gave you. Go and see what I gave you. You have the solution in you. You are carrying it in the name of Jesus. You are carrying it. You have a problem, but when you have the perspective, you can see it in a different light. Amen? And let me tell you, this is something in my life that it gives you peace. Because Jesus didn't say that you won't have any problems, any issues in the world. He said, I have overcome them all. Amen. He doesn't give us, uh, he, he doesn't avoid the problem. He gives you a new perspective so that you can tackle on the problem. Amen. He doesn't say that I'm not going to give you any, that, that you're going to avoid that when you come to me, that there aren't going to be any problems. He says, he says, I have overcome every problem. I have overcome everything. He gives us a new perspective. Amen. How many of you guys are grateful for Jesus that he has given us all that we need so that we can tackle on everything that we're going through? And I'm here to tell you today, stop looking out on the outside. Stop trying to blame other people. You have what you need so that you can see a breakthrough in your life, so that you can see God's mighty hand in your life if you believe it. Anybody believe it? I believe it. Perspective. See and value what you have now. See and value what you have now. I can imagine these people in verse 38 when they said, five and two fish. Another version says, I mean, we only have five pieces of bread and two fish. I think there is power when we learn to value the now. When we learn to value where we're at right now. Instead of looking at, oh, if I had this, if I had that, if I was born in a different home, if things went according to my plan. But there's something special when you value where you're at right now. Even if it seems insignificant, it doesn't mean that it's not special. Even if it seems like God can't use it, can I tell you today, God can use it. It's a matter of position. See, the five pieces of bread and two fish were just five pieces of bread and two fish. You know what I mean? I mean, this piano in my hands would sound really bad, <laughs> right? But if I position this piano in the hands of someone that can actually do something with it, Marcos, right? If I position this piano, you see, there's nothing wrong with the piano. What's wrong with it, what's wrong with it is who's using it, okay? And if I can position this in the right place and give it a new perspective, this same piano in Marcos' hands can do something totally different, a lot better. And a lot of you guys have been blaming yourselves for where you're at. And there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with the purpose that God gave you. You're just in the wrong position. 
You just have a wrong perspective. And I believe that God is trying to give you some new eyes today, some vision today, so that you can see things not as they are, but as they're going to be in the name of Jesus. Because I might not be much today, but in the hands of the Father, if I'm in the right position, I believe that God can do something special. Perspective. Perspective. I've learned in my life that if I don't value where I'm at now, I can't get to the next level. Just a few months ago, I had my little red stallion, my car. I love that thing, right? You guys know what I'm talking about now, right? Just a few months ago, I had my, I had my O2 Fire Red Corolla CE, y'all, all right? Stop playing with me, all right? And, you know, at first, I really liked it. After a few years and a few accidents, right? None of the accidents were my fault, by the way. Just saying, disclaimer, another one. Uh, but after a while, uh, because this is what happens when, when something gets common for us, we don't value it anymore. And maybe you're in, in a place right now where, just like how I treated my car, I didn't really value it. I was like, well, I, you know, it's my car. It gets me from point A to point B. It would get kind of dirty on the inside sometimes, you know. Had a few bottles of Gatorade in the bag, you know what I mean? Had some, some papers there lying around under the chair and stuff like that. And I remember I would always ask God, I would be riding around in that super dirty car, dirty on the inside, dirty on the outside. And I God, I, you know, I would really like a new car. Like, I don't really need it, but I would like one, you know what I mean? And I, I, want, I want a new car. And God spoke to me and said, until you value where you're at now, I can't take you to the next place. I'm not going to give you a new car if you can't even wash the one that you have now. <laughs> and I believe, and I believe seriously, because this is just a car for me, but I believe that you need to learn to value, even, even if it's bad, even if you're at the five breads and two fish stage of your life where it seems insignificant, where it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you learn to value and you learn to put that in the hands of the multiplier, in the hands of the miracle maker, in the hands of our God, my goodness, you would be surprised the things that you could do Stop waiting to see, oh, when I get married, when I'm in a, you know, when I'm in a relationship. But you better be happy where you're at right now, single, and value it. Look at your neighbor, tell them, perspective, perspective. Perspective. Verse 39, verse 39, and I want to talk a little bit about this. Look what he says, because they had a problem, all right? They had a problem, and now they had perspective. They said, you know what? Okay, we have a problem. We're going to use what we have. It's not a lot, but we're going to put it in the hands of Jesus. But look at what God did next, verse 39 to 40. It says, then he, Jesus, commanded them to make them all sit down in groups. Everybody say groups. On the green grass. In verse 40, it says, so they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. All right, I want you to write down the next ingredient for a miracle. Look at your neighbor and tell them preparation. Come on, as you write it down, look at them and tell them, preparation, preparation, preparation. There is a type of faith and a level of faith that I believe that God wants to walk us into in our lives where he says, you know what? I might not see the miracle yet. The multiplication hasn't happened yet, but I'm preparing. I'm preparing. Look at what Jesus did because I believe this is going to give you guys some freedom, not only financially, but in every area of your life. Before the multiplication came, God had to order it because God cannot bless disorder. The Bible says in Genesis that the Spirit of the Lord hovered 
over the water, not on, not on the earth. It hovered over the earth. And the earth was what? It was in disorder. Stop asking God to bless disorder. Before the multiplication came, before the miracle, before the growth, what did God do? He put it in order. I was talking to a young person the other day, and, and he was going through a lot of financial issues and stuff like that, struggling to find a job, struggling to find end, ends me. And, and we all go through things like that. But then it occurred to me the question, well, have you been tithing? Have you been giving? Because God can't bless something that is in disorder. You know what? I'd rather be orderly and small than big and in disorder. And God ordered them. And let me tell you, this takes time because, mind you, this is Jesus and the 12 disciples dealing with over 20,000 people. Okay? Just keep in mind this, all right? And, and God ordered them, all right? It was Jesus plus, plus 12, 13 people, all right? Dealing with over 20,000 people, okay? That, that takes time. All right, but let me tell you something. God is concerned. God is more, God, God wants to make sure that before the blessing comes, all right, this is going to set some people free tonight. I believe it in the name of Jesus, that before the multiplication comes, there is already order in place so that when the blessing comes, the blessing can stay there. The blessing will be sustained because there's already order there. God, I'm, I'm only making $250 a week. But if you spend it all on Starbucks, can you, be, can, you, can you put those $250 in order so that when God sends you the $250,000, I'm believing it. I'm believing it. Because if I can get those $250 in order, when the $250,000 comes in, I don't know if there any, anybody believes it, I'll be able to sustain it. Why? Because I put it in order. Amen? And notice... And notice, Jesus didn't do it. He, he, well, Jesus commanded them to do it, all right? You need to put your life in order, amen? Put your life in order because God blesses where there's order. Our God is a God of order. Preparation, this all has to do with preparation. I haven't seen the miracle yet. I haven't seen it happen yet, but while I'm waiting, I'm preparing. While I'm waiting, I'm preparing. While, God is, while I'm waiting, I'm working. And God will bless the work of your hands, Amen? There's a psalm in the Bible that David says, David actually says this in the Bible, says, God, do not forsake the work of my hands. It doesn't say, God, forsake the work of your hands. No, it says, God, don't forsake the work of my hands, what I've done. Come on, can I tell you, if you put something to work, if you put all the ingredients together, God will bless it. God will turn it into a miracle. God will multiply. God will bring about growth if you're willing to put it in order. Come on, I don't know if there's anybody in this place that is in the mood to prepare. Make way for the miracle. He was making way for the miracle. Come on, I, I believe that there are people in this place. Maybe you need to get your finances in order. Amen. When, when you do that, you're just making way for the multiplication. You're just making way for the growth in your life. I've, I've seen this in my life. The problem is not lack of money. The problem is bad handling of the money that you have, even if it's small. Put it in order. Start preparing. Because if you can prepare, God will make, if you can make way, God will fill it. If you can make space, God will fill it with a miracle. How many of you guys believe that? Preparation. Preparation. And notice all of these things happened before the multiplication, before the miracle. And a lot of us, we focus on the miracle. 
that's what gives us tingles on our spine. Oh, yeah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're coming, coming to church on a Sunday. We lift up our hands. Yes, God, thank you for the miracle. But Jesus didn't do any of these things. The people did. So before God did the work, they were already working. I pray that God might find us working before. The, man, I pray before we get into Doral in the name of Jesus that God will find us serving. That God, will, I'm not going to wait until Doral for growth. I want to see growth in this place right here, right now in the name of Jesus. May God find us working right here where we're at. And I want to give you the last point today, last point that is super important. Look at this in verse 41, all right? They had a problem. They had a problem. They added perspective to that problem, right? And they used what they had. And now they were preparing. They were putting things in order. Amen? But check this out. Look at verse 41. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. Write this down. You need some praise. I said you need some praise today. I think only like three people understood me. You need some praise. We as a culture, we have this thing where um, you do something for me, and then we say thank you after, okay? I need the type of faith that Jesus, before the miracle, in the middle of the problem, in the middle of, of, of the lack, in the middle of all of that, before the miracle happened, he said that he blessed and he broke. He blessed and he broke the bread. He praised God, and he said, thank you. I don't know about you, but you need a new level, a new type of faith to say thank you before it even happens. Because we've been taught someone does something for you, what do you say? Especially if you're Hispanic, que se dice? You say thank you. You say gracias. But what would happen today if as a church, God, I haven't seen the growth tangibly yet. I haven't seen you do the miracle in my life. But while I'm preparing, come on, while I have a new perspective, Yes, I have a problem, but I'm going to put a praise on it. Come on. Over every single situation, I'm going to be, I'm going to bless the name of the Lord. I'm going to be grateful in everything that I go through. I'm going to put a praise on it no matter how hard it seems, no matter how hard it might be to lift up your hands on a Sunday night. I'm going to do it anyway out of gratitude. I haven't seen it yet, but I believe that it's going to come. I'm going to do it beforehand. I need that beforehand type of faith. I need that. I need God to do I believe that God is going to do it. That's my conviction. That's my conviction. I know this is my faith. Before he even does it, I know that he will, and I will bless his name. He blessed it, and he broke it. And you know what? This isn't even in my notes, but I want to put this down. I said four, but I'm going to give you a fifth ingredient for a miracle. Look at what the Bible says here. It says that he gave, if you notice something, I never caught this, but if you notice something, Jesus didn't pass out the five breads the five pieces of bread, and the two fish. He gave it to his disciples. The disciples passed it out. Fifth thing you need for a miracle, you need the right people in your life. Come on. Write that down. It's not even on the screens because I, I literally just, but write that down. You need the right people in your life. You need some people in your life that are, are going to help you carry that vision that you have. You need the, some people in your life that it might not seem like a lot, okay, but, but they learn, they know what to do with it, okay? It might not look like a lot on paper. It might not look like a lot, but they know what to do with you, okay? You need the right people in your life so that you can see growth in your life. You need to surround yourself with some people. Come on, with some people that will bring about, that will stimulate that growth. It was after. It was after. We had a problem. 
But it was after Jesus changed the perspective. It was after God put everything into order. It was after they put a praise on it. And it was after he passed it out to his people that we lose count. Man, I believe there's going to be some people that are going to lose count of all the things that God has done in your life. Can I have the worship team come up here? Why don't you stand on your feet as we worship God today?